This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. Got an exciting guest for you. I have somebody that reached out to me cold, which is an amazing thing I like when we get the One Rental at a Time brand out there. And people want to talk real estate, talk about what they're doing so we can inspire others to operate. So let's welcome Dan Bro to the show from upstate New York. How are you doing, Dan? Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you reaching out. First off, I know it's, I don't know. Uh, reaching out to somebody you don't know cold can you know be intimidating for some folks uh, so i appreciate you reach, reaching out why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the audience what do you do where you're at and we'll, we'll get started from there yeah so my name is dan bro i'm up here in upstate new york uh husband and have two little kids a two and a half year old and a five month old oh i uh, got two dogs and uh so trying to be a family man first and I've been in real estate for about five and a half years now. Um, done a little bit of everything. And uh, right now I'm, I'm real deep into wholesaling. Very, very cool. So let's, uh, let's peel back how you started, right? Five and a half years ago, that had been like 2015, 16. Uh, so what, what was that first journey? Was that, hey, I bought my home? Was it I bought a, a rental? Where does Dan's journey in real estate start? So when I first started in real estate, I was working another full-time job. Uh, I was in medical device sales, uh, which for anyone that knows, I mean, great job, pretty easy to make six figures doing that. Uh, So I wasn't hurting by any means, uh, but I didn't like the long-term options there. The, I didn't want to invest in the stock market. I knew I wanted to run my own business. And so, um, I started, I I bought my first rental property, bought it off the MLS, uh, bought it at full price (laughs) and, you know, no value add or anything there. Um, And I I got attracted by the the high rents of an inner city property, but then had to deal with the inner city tenants. Uh, So you mean the Excel Excel spreadsheet did not match what uh, what actually happened in real life? I'm shocked. That's that's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, so fell victim to that. And, um, after that, you know, kept buying a few more rental properties, got a little bit smarter about where I bought them. Um, and then, then started flipping from there. Um, my first flip, I did all the work myself, which was, uh, something I would never do again. (laughs) Um, made a lot of mistakes, um, that, I mean, it, you know, anytime you go into something, you're going to make mistakes, no matter how much you prepare. Sure. And so uh, I went in, I made a lot of mistakes. I, again, bought it off the MLS with an agent and I just sort of trusted what he said and didn't really do as much of my own homework as I should have. And, you know, we, we sort of, we maybe broke even on that, but only because I did all the work myself. Right. Um, but, you know, we got to the point where I was, I was making sort of dumb decisions. I was going cheap, trying to save money, but in the end, it ended up costing me more. Yeah. 
because I either had to redo something or it just wasn't selling. So I'd have to go and do work that I should have done originally. And so yeah. that, that was a big learning experience. Yeah. So let's peel this back. So we got step one, step two. So it sounded like your step one was buy and hold, but it sounds like you were buying certainly out of area and probably even out of state. Is that fair to say? Uh, actually, they were all local. Oh, I, I, okay. Yep. Yep. All that was local. So local meaning half hour, hour drive. What do you mean? What's yeah, that? they were, they were all within a half hour. Okay. All right, cool. So, okay. You're buying, you're buying, you get, a, you get excited by Excel math. Um, yeah. So how long did it take you? How many months or weeks until you realized, oh my God, this, this Excel math, this yield or cash on cash is probably not going to work out. How, how soon did you realize that? So after, so the, the first property I bought was a duplex and after just the weekly messages from the tenants about, Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Like little things that a tenant should do on their own. Right. Um, and after that, I was like, these people just, they just don't care. They're just irresponsible. It didn't take long. Okay. Um, you know, within the first month and a half, I, I sort of knew that I didn't want to get another city property ever again. Okay. All right. So, you, so, okay. So you, you're buying hold, you realize that's a little more overhead in that part of town, uh, but you bought some more. So what, what was different about more? Do you go buy in the suburbs or, or what'd you go do? Yeah. Yeah. So the next ones I did, um, I bought, I did, I used the Burr strategy. Mm -hmm. So bought it. Uh, the next one I bought was a, it was a HUD home. Okay. And so I was able to get it at a, at a pretty good price. Um, had, did a full, full renovation, was able to get some renters in there at a pretty high rental amount, mm -hmm. um, refinanced it out and was able to pull out I think on, on that one, I pulled out, I think 20 grand. Um, and then I had a cash flowing property that cash flowed about 500 bucks a month. Wow. So Burr in action, it, 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 when you get the right, it's basically when you buy, right. Right. When you buy, yeah. right. Probably helped. What was the time frame for when you closed on the, into the refi? Was it like six months, nine months? That was, I would say it was closer to the six month mark. Okay. Yeah. That's I great. had a crew of, I had a crew of about four guys in there mm. with some subcontractors. So it didn't take super long. And about halfway through the, the renovation process, we started the refi process ah. so that when the appraisal came through, uh, we were pretty much done with the whole job and they could see where what it was going to be worth. Oh, very cool. And you're still working full time at this point? Uh, no. Oh, at that point. So yeah, it was about... Point. A year, yeah, a year into real estate investing that I decided to go full-time. Okay. So it's still at house number two or Burr Project One, you're still working full-time? Yep. Okay, cool. So so what did you go? So you're still buy and hold at that point, although Burr, right? And, and oh, by the way, cash flow and 20 grand in your pocket, that had to feel pretty good. Pretty uh, good. I guess I'll ask, what'd you do with the 20 grand? Did you splurge it or did you go buy some more property? I... I try to reinvest as much as I can back into the business. Good. Uh, Cause otherwise, you know, yeah, it's a little bit of money, but I was still working. You know, I had a good income outside of that at that point anyway. And so, uh, yeah, I just reinvested that back in and well, I, you know, I'm the glad, amazing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm glad, I, glad you did that. 
I have heard many of folks who have a successful burr project, especially their first one. Yeah. Right. It's like when you walk in a casino and it works out like you, you like beginner's luck. And uh, I've heard many a times that they've taken that 20 grand, which they tell me is free. Hey, I made 20 grand free money. Like right. that's not really free money, but okay. Yeah. And they go buy a car or, or something when they should reinvest because um, not every bird project works out. I mean, it's just some do, some don't. So it's nice to have that capital that you could, you know, fill the coffers if you have to. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it, it's real estate can be great once you are able to grow it to a certain point. So mm -hmm. what you should do, at least with a portion of each profit is take that and turn it into another property because that now that 20 grand, that can be the down payment on another property. And so now you just bought two properties with the down payment of one, and then you just keep doing that and it just snowballs from there. Yeah, that's exactly the right attitude. So I'm curious, when did you make that transition from going, you know, kind of, I'll call it dabbling because you had the day job uh, to mm -hmm. going, you know what, or maybe what was the event, right? Did you, did you have a session with the wife? Did you have another kid on the way? When did this whole, I'm going to do this, you know, Dan bro is going to go do this full time. So I was, I had done, I want to say I had two rentals um, or maybe I was working on my third and I, and I had done one, one or two flips. So I was maybe five or six properties in. Okay. And I figured, you know, this money it's, you know, I'm making good money. I was, you know, maybe 20, 20 K per property if I was flipping or burring. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I can, I can definitely make that work. And I know I can grow it from here. And, you know, I'm a very ambitious driven guy. So I'm always like, yeah, I can, I can do that. Um, always very optimistic. So at that point I was like, I saw the potential. I knew I wanted to work for myself. So you know, at some point, you're just going to have to take that leap of faith. I, I, I love it. Um, sometimes the significant other is on board. Sometimes it's not. I have no idea. I mean, how did that conversation go? Because I'm, I'm going to guess you told her first that you mm -hmm. were doing that. Didn't just surprise her by not going to work one day. Right. So, I mean, my wife has been amazing uh, through, through all of this. I mean, she's been supportive. Obviously, there's been points where she's been concerned because there's been been some pretty big losses at certain points. Um, but now, I mean, we're at a point now where everything is so exciting. Um, the, the growth trajectory that the business is on and it's just, you know, I, I couldn't have done it without her. That's, that's nice to hear. We'll give her a shout out. Go ahead. Say thank you. Allison. There you go. Allison, you're amazing. And I love you. Oh, good job, Allison. All right. So, you know what? Let's talk about the good side. So let's talk about what the business is doing now. And then we'll so circle back to the, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call them failures, the, the, the missteps. So what, what, what you know about what's, what's rocking and rolling in the business today? What's it look like? Yeah. So, so right now uh, running two businesses. So I have a, a coaching and online education business. Uh, which was really started due to demand. You know, I, I've been on some some national podcasts uh, that had led to a lot of people reaching out because they heard about my story and, and they wanted to connect. And for me, sales has been something I've been doing since college. So, you know, they say you need to get that 10,000 hours. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm at like 50,000 hours or something, <laughs> something 
of sales. And so I've been, you know, just doing sales for a, a long time. I, I practice it. Half these books behind me are sales books. Yeah. Um, so I've been able to have a lot of success in that area in any sales job I've ever had and ended up teaching a lot of the people that I worked with. Okay. And so I've had a lot of people reach out trying to, to learn. And so I started some programs for that. So I'm actively coaching people on the sales side with a heavy emphasis on sales mm -hmm. uh, for real estate in particular. Um, and then I have another, another course that I'll be launching soon, uh, which again was just out of demand. I had never intended it to be an actual product that I sold, mm -hmm. but I developed this system where I'm sending out real handwritten by actual people, full letters mm. um, out the door for less than 60 cents a piece. Wow. And it's it fully automated. I mean, it's a, a price that the mail houses can't touch. And so other people heard about how I was doing that and they asked if I could show them. And I had enough people ask me about it that I figured I would just create something that I could put out because I mean, it, it's going to save people yeah. thousands of dollars a month on direct mail alone. And, or if they're sending out the same amount, they'll, they can triple the amount of deals they're doing because each piece costs so much less and the R and the return, the response rate is so high on real handwritten mail. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the one business, which is super exciting on its own. And then uh, actively involved in real estate wholesaling. And so we're, we're scaling our team right now. Um, actually, I just signed my, just, I just got back from an appointment not too long ago, signed my third, third deal of this week. We should get five or six this week. Wow. Um, so it's been a good week so far. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm curious on, so are you just again, wholesaling in your neck of the woods? Are you doing this virtual wholesaling thing? What, 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 when you say wholesaling, what's that mean for you and your business? So we primarily are just in uh, the upstate New York market in hmm. Rochester in particular. Okay. Uh, we do get some leads from other places and then we'll do that stuff virtually. Sure. Right now, probably half of what I do, even if it's in my area is going to be virtual because if the, if the property is 45 minutes or an hour away, I just don't have the time to spend three hours driving to go to one property. Yeah. Um, between the drive and the appointment and the drive back, I just don't have that time. So about right now, about half the appointments uh, we're doing uh, over the phone yeah. and getting photos or a video walkthrough and the other half, I'm still going in person. Very cool. I have no idea. Forgive me. This is probably a stupid question. But I'm asking anyway, how big is Rochester? Is it hundred thousand people, a million? I mean, how big is that? Spot. So Rochester, so it's sort of Rochester is sort of the whole county. It's Monroe County, and it's about seven hundred and fifty thousand people. Oh, all right. So it's almost okay. That's bigger than I expected. I had no idea what to expect because I was trying to figure out, you know, to get in, you know, call it five deals a week. It had to be a decent size. So that that makes total sense. Uh, and then when did you start really going full time into wholesaling? Right? Was that re, you know last couple two three years or what's going on there? So that was after um, some massive, massive failures. All right. Well, let's touch um, on the failures. So what what happened? Talk to your priest. What yeah. happened? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, classic going too big, too fast. Mm. Um, 
was, so I was, you know, I was doing some flips. I had a crew, a full-time crew of, of six guys plus subs. And, you know, we were knocking through some houses and started to get into bigger projects, you know, higher priced houses, and then uh, went way up and went into a historic luxury flip. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like um, on the historic register, historic flip? Yeah. Oh, ouch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that alone, before I could even start anything on that property, I had six months worth of meetings with the town, uh, all the different boards, the architectural planning, the historic preservation. I mean, uh, I had hours and hours into that before we even put a shovel in the ground. So I've, I've, I've toyed with historic projects before. They're, they're not all created equal. Some of them are exterior historic, meaning mm -hmm. you have to, meaning the inside is yours, but the outside is essentially theirs, it feels like. And then the others are like, no, you can't touch a bathroom tile without right. getting approval. So I'm guessing yours was the latter, not the former. Well, so this one was exterior. We had oh, to get okay. approval for everything. But the issue was that it was, we were converting it because it was never a house. Oh. So we it was originally a schoolhouse. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then it was a Masonic temple. <laughs> and so we converted it from a Masonic temple into a single family home. Oh, wow. And so we had to put in a garage, we had to put in a driveway, we had to do all the drainage, all the landscaping, all the windows, the shutters. Yeah. Um the gutters like everything on the outside we had to do and they wow. had say over all of that yeah so i gotta ask what the hell made you want to go take tackle that project hubris <laughs> at least you're <laughs> honest so you you were you were sitting at the craps table rolling and rolling and rolling and winning uh i'm gonna guess the sticker price was pretty that's probably what attracted you right which allowed you to kind of ignore everything else was it just ridiculously cheap so it, it was in a great neighborhood that is highly sought off after. And we, you know, I had a room full of really smart people all thinking it would sell for this certain price. The difficulty was that it was an extremely unique property. Oh, yeah. So running comps was very difficult. Uh, and so we all thought it would sell for this big number. And we all thought it would cost a certain amount of work uh, to, to get the work done. Mm -hmm. Well, neither of those things happened. Yeah, they were. Uh, they were <laughs> yes, they were the other way. Yeah, got it. Very much so. So again, location, uh, location, location. So a good plot of dirt. Yep. It it resided mm -hmm. in a nice place. Yep. Uh, I'm just gonna make up numbers. They said it would sell for a million. Yep. Uh, and it would cost two hundred to upgrade it. It mm -hmm. sounds like instead it cost a million to upgrade, and you sold it for two hundred. Again, just flipping the numbers. You kind of had negative surprises on both sides. Yeah, I mean. Some of the surprises, you know, we had a $25,000 asbestos bill <laughs> we had to replace all, and that alone took like two weeks off. Yeah. You know, we couldn't do anything. The whole thing was sealed off. Mm -hmm. um, we had, because it was historic, there were, I think like 24 windows in the property and they all had to be replaced because none of them worked. They were original windows and the, the building was built in um, 1852. <laughs> And so these were original windows Wow! and we had to replace them with like kind materials. Yeah. 
And so each window ended up costing me $3,000. Fabricate special, yeah. Times 24. Yeah. Wow. In windows. $72,000 in windows. In windows alone. So I got to ask, did you actually complete the project or did you cry uncle at some point and just say, somebody else take this over? Gosh. So there was a point where I had to borrow extra money to finish it. Sure. Um, I mean, but this was, I mean, it took an entire year to get the job done because literally we had to rebuild except for the, it was a cobblestone building. So except for the cobblestone exterior, we gutted everything on the inside. Like every floor, ceiling and wall had to be reframed. We tore everything down. Uh, we had to redo all the plumbing, the electrical, the HVAC, like literally we built a new house and we made it a luxury house. We had to build the garage. We put in the driveway, all the drainage, a new, new walkways, new patios, like everything. We did not go cheap on this. Yeah. Um, and so the renovation itself ended up costing $600,000. Wow. Just the reno. Just the reno. Um, (laughs) and so in the end, you know, it, when we put it on the market, got all this attention, Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it was really strange. Some people were saying, oh yeah, it's definitely worth what you're asking. Other people were saying, oh, you're way off. Mm. And so then it was nothing. We didn't get anything. And then there was price drop, price drop, price drop, price drop. Mm. And in the end of it, I mean, I probably lost $175,000 on that flip alone. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, from my standpoint, that's that's expensive. But even more, you lost the opportunity cost of time, right? You, you, oh, yeah. You, you lost a year at least. Oh, yeah. I wasn't making anything during that year. Yeah. Because I probably just absorbed every waking hour. And it, it probably oh. like at month four, it became stressful and it was not even fun anymore. It went from being exciting to a oh, dreaded. Yeah, I, I was, I was, so when I said I went too big, too fast, like I didn't know how to build a house. And so I don't, I didn't have a background in construction. I had a background in sales. Right. And so I felt at this huge disadvantage because I had these contractors that were telling me stuff and I just had to trust that they were telling me they were, they were giving me the right advice. They were telling me the right stuff and that they knew how to do things the best way. Mm-hmm. And so I constantly felt like I was just at a disadvantage in yeah. that situation because I just had to sort of trust them. It's yeah. like when you take your car to a mechanic and they tell you something's wrong with it, you're like, well, okay, like I trust you. I don't really, I can't verify what you're saying because yeah. I don't know. It's like that. Yeah. And so it was just like a year of discomfort. Yeah. I feel for you. The money hurts, but the time you never get back, right? The money can be replaced. It's that time, that opportunity cost of time. Uh, Remind me, where were you at when you took on this project? You'd done what, half a dozen, a dozen at this point? I mean, just how hot were you when you stepped up Um, to this monster? Gosh, we were doing, I don't know, maybe two, I wouldn't say a ton, like two to three a month, maybe. And this was like well, that's... three three years in, give or take. So you were flipping twenty a year. It's probably pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to look at the exact numbers, yeah. but I'm just trying yeah. to get swag. Yeah. So you were bit you yeah. were you were in it full time. You were at multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you had a track record of success. You probably had yeah. a hot hand running into it. And you, looking back, you probably didn't do your 
enough due diligence, you'd probably say that. Yeah, and and definitely, you know, had the wrong wrong guys on the job. I was paying some of them too much. I I didn't know enough to do that scale and be managing it myself. Gotcha. Um, okay. Because I remember I actually was originally planning on having a a GC run that whole job. Right. And then he just I had this one guy in mind, and he just wasn't getting back to me. And then he he was going to be delayed like three months and I didn't want to wait. So I was like, I'll just do it myself. Hmm. And his price ended up being like less than half of what I ended up having to put into it. Um, and they would have gotten it done so much faster too. Yeah. All right. So you, uh, you suffer through that year. Um, you know, you're down, I'll just round it up to 200 grand. Yeah. Um, it sells. So it's off the books now. Yeah. How did it feel? I'm guessing a weight, it felt good probably, even though you had a loss, I'm guessing. Well, there were, so there were two things going on. One, yes, I was glad to finally be done with it, but I knew I lost a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. And at, at the same time as that project was going on, I had started another uh, development company. Uh, we were going to be building new houses and new developments that we were going to hold on to as rental communities. Mm. And so our first big job, we did a bunch of little jobs here and there, like additions and stuff like that. And then the first big one, we were building a lake house for someone. Oh, wow. And I had a guy who was running the, the cruise, bidding all the jobs, who was a phenomenal craftsman. Uh, but he was not who I thought he was. Mm. And I admittedly gave up too much control too quickly. I trusted him too much early on. And he ended up just running the crews and the jobs into the ground. Oh. And halfway through a, a, the build of that lake house, we had just finished the framing. The business completely ran out of money. Mm. And I had no choice. I had to surrender the equipment that we had, all the big machinery. I had to lay off seven guys. I had to shut down the business. Um, as you could imagine, the homeowner was not very happy with that. Um, there were thankfully no lawsuits, but a lot of legal fees. Uh, and that was pretty much at the same time as this other job was going on. And so at the end of this time, I ended up around $350,000 in debt. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So, uh, so coming out of that, I, you know, at some point you're like, don't touch the hot stove, right? The stove's hot. Uh, you, it kind of makes sense to me that you transition to wholesaling, right? It's faster yeah. money. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's chunk money. So you can, you can, you know, chunk off the, the debt that I'm sure you wanted to get rid of fast. Um, yep. so I, I mean, you probably knew about wholesaling given you were in the business, was there somebody out there that kind of inspired you to go big or, or how did that transition go? Hey, I'm, I'm going to wholesale to kind of dig out of the hole was it what it kind of feels like. Right. So as you can imagine, after those two jobs, uh, my risk profile uh, went from extremely risk tolerant to very risk averse. Yeah. And so, uh, but I still, I still really wanted to have my own business. I loved real estate. And so I also knew that I, I hated managing contractors and I couldn't take the risk at that point. I mean, while this was going on, literally a week before 
I started that historic project, my, our, our daughter was born. Hmm. And so I had a wife, we were, we were just married for a year. We had a newborn baby and all this was going on. And so I said, I need to provide my family with some stability. Um, I can't, I mean, it was the most stressful year of my life. I was, I wasn't sleeping. I was going to the doctor cause I had developed an ulcer from all the stress. Uh, we, from all the debt, like just to survive, we were selling stuff out of our house. I was selling rental properties. I liquidated my 401k. I had to sell my truck. Like, like we were selling as much as we could, mm. like straight out of our house, like side tables, lamps, like rugs, like anything we could sell, we were selling it. And so just a little bit stressful. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and so I, I said, I can't do something as, as risky as this right now. Like I need to find something that has much lower risk, but has something to do with real estate and has an upside as well. And so I had actually done wholesaling a little bit before mm -hmm. I had done it, you know, here and there, maybe one or two deals every other month, like just for the stuff I didn't want to keep. And so I, I said, you know, I've done wholesaling before the margins were great. The risk is low, but I honestly didn't really like it that much. I always felt like it was sort of awkward, like, you know, the, the showing the property to, to the buyers and like, how do you communicate that to the seller? And I just felt like my processes weren't that great. And it was just sort of a unpleasant transaction in general, because I didn't have the processes I needed. Mm. And so I started doing some research and found some people that were doing wholesaling at a high level and really enjoying it. And so I, I, you know, one thing I've always had success with is modeling those who have had the success you want to have. Yeah. And so I figured I just need to get some of the right mentors in place. I need to learn from the right people. And so that was my next step. I said, I'm going to, I'm going to start learning from those who are doing what I want to do. And so I did that and it changed the, the process that I used for wholesaling and I started going deep into that. And within the first six months, a little over six months of full-time wholesaling, I was able to generate over $500,000 in wholesale fees. Wow. Say, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat what I think I heard you say. So you, you make the switch to wholesaling after modeling other successful people. You start it, the clock starts six months later, you have grossed 600 or 500,000 in wholesale fees. Wow. All from Rochester thereabouts. Yep. All right. Well, I have to ask. So it sounds like based on your other company, you're, you're, you're big into mailers. I'm just guessing based on what you said earlier. So mailing is yep. part of it. Uh, you also cold calling or texting, or is it just mailers for you? I, I don't know Rochester. Yeah. So actually uh, right now I'm, I'm big into television. So I'm really? doing TV commercials. Yep. So what's a TV? So TV commercials, Dan Bro, I buy houses for cash, any condition, maybe a picture of you and the wife and the family, or what, what's a TV commercial look like for Dan Bro? Yeah, more or less. I mean, so <laughs> look, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, honestly, so it's a it's a thirty second commercial spot. Uh, you know, we hit those major pain points. Uh, obviously, we talk about those those uh, high level selling points of paying cash, no banks, buy as is on your timeline. Um, and then 
I find it makes a huge difference because it's my face. Like I'm yeah. on the commercial. Yeah. And so people see me and they compare that to like a bandit sign that they see on the corner. And they, and I, I get all the time, I'll get calls saying, you know, I just want, you know, I get mailers. I get, I see these bandit signs all the time. I get these cold calls, but you're out there, you're putting your face out there. And so I just wanted to do business with you. Yeah. I, it makes total sense. I'm going to ask, you don't have to answer, but I'm going to ask anyway. I have no idea what a 30 second TV spot costs. Are we talking five grand, 50 grand? I have no idea. So um, the way I have it set up, so I, I'm actually going through a TV, uh, uh, an ad agency. Sure. And so, so they do all the buys for me mm -hmm. uh, because they do this nationwide. And so they know like they do, they gather up all the information mm -hmm. uh, from all the cities they're in. And they're seeing what's the response rates they're getting on the different days, on the different times, on the different channels, sure. on, on all that. And so they use that information to make the best buys for me. Yeah, of course. Um, and so my monthly ad spend for TV is 10,000 a month. Oh, that's not bad. It's less better than and I so, And so that will bring in uh, between 100 and 125 leads for the month. Um, which is, if you're running a tight business is great because TV leads, you know, if anyone does PPC or anything like that, like they're hot leads right. because they have seen what you do, they're calling you. So they're not hostile, Like yeah. you don't have to convince them of anything. They know exactly why they're calling. Yeah. There's no, there's no ambiguity. Right. <laughs> that's, oh, that's wonderful. I, uh, again, I've never known, I've done this hundreds of interviews, maybe even a thousand now. Nobody's ever talked about doing a TV spot. So do you, 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 you had to go somewhere to film it, I'm guessing, get all makeup done and yeah. <laughs> What are you doing putting yeah. makeup on me? That's, yeah. that's, that's gotta be cool. Uh, do you have various, like, did you create different ones? Like this is the weekend one and this is the week or you just have one that runs over and over and over? It's just one that runs over and over, um, but it works. Yeah. I mean. They, they, the, the ad agency is awesome. And if anyone's thinking about doing TV, uh, reach out to me. I'm more than happy to make that connection. Um, best way to reach me is on Instagram at action Dan bro. That's B R O. Um, yeah. Action Dan bro on Instagram. Um, I'm happy to make that connection for the TV introduction. It's, it's been phenomenal. Um, but yeah, they set up the whole thing. They write the script. They, they do the, all the production for you. Um, and so, yeah, they set up the, the shoot. I went to one of the local TV stations. They had the, the teleprompter and everything, and they have the, the crew helping me out. And, uh, it was, it was great. I actually really enjoyed it. That's fun. Hey, can you, uh, I'm assuming you have that link or that ad somewhere, maybe send it to me and I'll put it in the yeah. show notes just so people can see Dan bro in action. Definitely. <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, all right. So, uh, you're a TV star. I see it. I mean, I, I'm curious. <laughs> Like when you're ever at a grocery store or something, does it, has anybody ever come to you and say, Hey, I saw you on TV. Uh, so I do, my wife does the grocery shopping. Well, okay. So, whatever. <laughs> um, but so with, you know, with the masks right now, it's ah. hard to, it's hard to tell that stuff, but all the time I, I do get, when I walk into someone, someone's house, they'll say, Oh, you're that guy on TV. Yeah. I thought that was just an actor <laughs> and I'll say, Nope. That was me. That's me. I am who I am. 
Yeah, That's pretty but awesome. it does make a big difference. Like, like there's sort of that um, like local celebrity effect. Sure. And so when they see you on TV and then they see you in their living room, yeah, they open up and their prices tend to go down a little bit. That's awesome. Very, very cool. So, uh, so how long have you been doing wholesaling? I'll call it full-time. Is it, is it a couple of years now or how long has it been full-time for you? So I've been, so it's been, I want to say it's only been like 10 months or so. Okay. All right. So, it's but, been so I've been, I've been doing it for about four years before that. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing wholesaling for about four years, but I was doing flips and oh. rentals at the same time. Got it. Um, but now just focusing on wholesaling for about the past 10 months. All right. So when you look out into the future, you're obviously, you know, the debt's going away, if not gone already. Um, do you ever see upping the risk profile? Like "Mm, maybe we're going to do a couple of, you know, buy and holds, you know, we're going to stay away from conversions. Obviously we're not going to touch that stove again, but do you ever see going back or you just going to, you just like what you're doing. You're going to stay with, stay doing this. So I do love wholesaling. So I'm, I'm definitely growing this business. Okay. Um, but I also want to get into some hold type properties, uh, but not in New York. Ah, so okay. uh, New York is, is a very landlord unfriendly state. Yeah. I'm in California. Uh, I know how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you actually so, may have me beat actually. I think New York's probably slightly worse than California, but, but not much. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so what I do plan on doing um, is getting some Airbnb type properties, oh. some short, short-term short rentals, okay. uh, probably starting in Florida. Hmm. And so uh, that's one of the markets that we're planning on expanding to anyway. Great. And um, me and me and my little family, we would love to get away from the snow during the winters. Um, so that's, that's in the, in the plans. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So what else is the future hold for Dan, bro? It sounds like, it sounds like you've put the, uh, the mistakes, the pain behind you, which I applaud you for. It would have crushed a lot of people. So realizing you have the backbone to support that, you know, good on you. Uh, and now you're building something special. Uh, but, but where do you take this? Obviously Airbnbs continue wholesaling. Mm -hmm. What, what, what's next, if anything? Yeah. So, you know, during that period of my life, when I was going through those massive failures, that extreme challenge, Mm. I got a lot of help from a lot of people. And I certainly, yeah, I got through it, but I certainly didn't do it alone. And so, uh, and, and I continue to get so much help from people. Um, I mean, the, the generosity of, of some really high level people out there just blows me away on a week by week basis. I mean, these people who could be, they could be charging hundreds or thousands of dollars by the hour. And they are, they are out here just hopping on the phone with me and my team, like at all hours. And it's just, it's amazing to me how, when you're, you're true, you're vulnerable, you're willing to learn and you present yourself as just authentic and, and you show them that, hey, I know I don't know everything. I'm here to learn. I wanna connect with people, I wanna grow. And then you actually act on the advice that they're giving you, they will continue to help. And so I continue to get all this help and people help me through some really tough times. And so 
I want to give that back. So I love helping people either get past a difficult time or get their business to that next level. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like whether it's through sales training or personal development stuff, like probably the other half of these books behind mm-hmm. me are all personal development. Yeah, I see Anthony um, Robbins and Jack oh yeah behind you. Yeah, one million, yeah million Anthony million. Robbins. Yeah, yeah. Tony Robbins. Um, so my dad actually used to own a Tony Robbins franchise. Oh wow! Uh, oh, so I mean, there's this little little photo uh, of Tony Robbins holding me up when I was like two or three years old. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I've been involved in the personal development space for as long as I can remember. That's funny. Um, so that's just been a part of who I am and what I do. And so I love helping people with that mindset stuff, or if it's with sales stuff or strategic business, because I'm learning so much from my mentors and I love helping people that are where I've been and trying to get them to the next level too. So mm-hmm you know, growing my coaching business, uh, is, is in the plans as is expanding the wholesaling and and just real estate business in general, uh, to dominating the upstate New York market and then expanding into multiple other territories. Oh, this thing's gonna be fun to watch. And again, best place for people to follow or connect with you is on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram at action Dan bro. One all one word, no spaces, underscores. All one word. Action Dan Bro B R O. That's right. Very cool, man. This has been a lot of fun. I you know you never know how these are going to go. I had a great time. Your TV personality. (laughs) Shout out to you, man. Thanks for reaching out. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. You got it.